Welcome to the Church of Rocky Peaks downloadable messages and podcast. Well, it's good to be back. I was uh, sick last week. You know, this voice issue that I have, it seems like every time I get a cold, it goes right to my throat and, and very uh, vulnerable. So I'm still uh, kind of recovering a little bit from that. Feel great, but it's just my, my voice a little weak. But uh, uh, anyway, it is great to be back with you as we go into this uh, time of teaching. If you're brand new here, uh, welcome. My name is Mike, and I'm the lead pastor here at the Church of Rocky Peak. And inside of your program is a message note sheet we use for every week during our time of teaching. So you'll definitely want to pull that out because you'll be able to follow along. And then assuming you're ready to go, I'm all set, and we're going to jump in. Y'all ready? All right, let's pray. God, we're just thankful for what you're doing here in our church, in our lives, as you're waking us up and calling us on and teaching us what does it mean to really, truly be a passionate Christ follower who is being uh, transformed by your Holy Spirit from the inside out to live this new life, this path of life you've called us to be. And today as we come to this incredibly important topic of, of wisdom, how it's a top priority in our life, we just pray that you'd be speaking powerfully and that we'd listen and, and respond and follow and we'd be changed and transformed as a result. We pray this in your name. Amen. Well, you know, typically I'll, I'll start a message with a story, kind of weave it in later on, but today I want to start with a question instead of a story. And this question may, may force you to think a little bit. It may not be that your answer may not be kind of right there on the forefront of your mind. You may have to really uh, give it some thought throughout the, the message, which is sort of my intention. And, and, uh, and, and I'm not going to ask you to share your answer with anyone. So I'm going to show it in the hands. You have to, to write it down or whatever. So you can be really honest uh, for a change. And, uh, and, and so uh, but here, here's the question. Here's the question. The, the question is, if I were to ask you, uh, what is your top priority in life, uh, what, what, what would you say? Uh, yeah, that'd be good, cell phones off. Uh, that it, what would be your top priority in, in life? If you had to boil it down and say, say what is your deepest passion in life? Uh, what is your highest value? What is it that more than anything else motivates? If you could strip it all down and say, get, kind of get to the heart of who you are, what drives you deeper than anything else as a human being, what, what motivates you? And, and like I said, for some of you, you may have to think about this because it's often not, not uh, right on the surface. And, and often we have to ask ourselves a series of why questions. It's just, okay, well, here's the answer. Well, yeah, but why that? And then it goes here, and then, well, yeah, but why that? And, and you get down. To, to the bottom. But what would, that, what would your answer be? And, and the reason I want to start with that question is, is because this is really the, the question, it's the issue that Solomon is raising today for us in this, this uh, series that we're in. Now, if you've been here the last couple weeks, you know this, but we're in the third week of a series. It's called Choose Wisely. Uh, it's a series uh, on wisdom. It's a study of the book of Old Testament, book of Proverbs, written by, for the most part, by Solomon. And so in this uh, passage we're going to be looking at today, the passages, the, the topic on the table is what is your top priority in life? And what Solomon is going to say is that if it's anything else than becoming a wise person, you're, you're really kind of missing the boat. Because he says that wisdom is really the, like the magic key that unlocks the door to experiencing life the way that we were created to experience it. What in Proverbs, we over and over, we talk about the path to life. Unlocks the door to the path of life. And so what we're going to do today is we're actually going to be looking at four passages in Proverbs. And the first three really focus on the priority of wisdom. Why wisdom is so important. Why we need to pursue it as our top priority. And then the last one tells us how to pursue it, how to become a wise person. So if you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me to uh, Proverbs chapter 3. And there in your note sheet, you have a section called the priority of wisdom. And so we're going to jump in. Chapter 3 and verse 18. 3.18 says, blessed is the man who finds wisdom. Now, Now remember this, in a Hebrew context, uh, the ultimate goal in life is to be blessed by God, right? So we, we might talk in our culture about finding true fulfillment or the path to true happiness. The way that they would say that would be blessed, to live under the blessing of God. So, so to live under the blessing of God is to live life the way it's meant to be lived, the path to life. And so they would say, blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding, for she is more profitable than silver, and, and yields better returns than gold. And so in the human race, one of the top values of the human race has always been silver and gold, wealth, possessions, the things that money can buy. And so he says, wh- he says wh- whatever you want uh, in life, whatever you see as your top priority, trust me, wisdom is more important than that. 
So she's more precious than rubies. And catch this, uh, nothing you desire can compare with her. Now I want you to underline that statement, nothing you desire. And this is why I started with this, this question, what's your top priority? What is your deepest desire? What's your highest value in life? Because what Solomon says is whatever it is, whatever it is, there, it's, there's nothing more valuable than, than becoming wise and, and pursuing wisdom in your life. And, and so the question is what would be your highest priority? Uh, I'll talk about this sometime. I, I believe that every human being, every one of us, has what I like to call uh, a theory of happiness. All right, so that that every one of us, that that kind of as we're born, and it's different for different people, but every one of us, as we're born, as we grow up, as a result of our life experiences, we develop what I call a natural theory of happiness. And so, what what I mean by that is that every one of us, deep inside, has a core belief system that if I will pursue this, if I can experience that, if I can just attain this, I will be happy. And we all have one. And, and you may be in touch with it, or you may not. But we, but we all have, and so it, it varies from person to person because we're wired differently. So, for example, let me give you three or four examples. For some of us, it truly is possessions. It's the silver, it's the gold, it's the one who, in, who, uh, who dies with the most toys wins. And, and so we're the person who naturally, okay, apart from Jesus, apart from the work of his spirit in our life, naturally, we, we tend to be driven by money and the things money can buy. And so if you look at our lives, we're always going back, our default is, I, I need that new pair of shoes, uh, obviously not me, but for some of you, uh, probably, probably, probably more women than men, but, but it's like, so, it's the shoes, it's the clothes, it's the video game, it's the, it's the new motorcycle, it, it's the house, it's the car, you know, it's, it's going to vary different things for different people, but, but a lot of us, we, we spend a lot of our time, and it was like trying to acquire things, because deep inside, we believe if I acquire those things, it makes me happy, right? And so for some people, it's possession. Uh, other people are wired differently, and they say, no, that's not really it for me. It's really more people, if I have the right people in my life. And so uh, if I can just be in the in crowd, if I can be popular, people like me. Uh, for other, another person, it might be, if I can just have the right friends, I think I'll be truly happy. Uh, a big one, a huge one in our culture is romance. Uh, one of the gods of our culture is romance. You hear it in all our music, in, in all our movies, that, that if I can just find my true soulmate and fall in love, I'll be truly happy. That's, that's the secret of happiness. Uh, for others, if I, if I could have two kids, a white picket fence, to do that whole thing, then I'll be happy until you have the two kids and then you find out that theory doesn't work. But... Um, <laughs> But then, uh, for other people, it's not people, for, for, it's not so much people, it's some sort of pursuit in life. If I can get to law school, if I can uh, achieve, uh, go the corporate ladder, if we can win the state championship, if I can be the prom king, whatever the thing is that, that you know, if I can achieve this pursuit, uh, then, then that achievement will make, are, are you with me following this? For some people, it's just flat out pleasure, right? Like, we, we, we've all known people like this, or maybe we were one people like this, but, but we just kind of live for Friday night. It, it's, the, it's the women, it, it's, it's, it's the pot, it's, it's the drugs, it's the, uh, it's the, it's the lifestyle of ease. Uh, for other people in the, in the pleasure zone, it's, it's more like, hey, the fine life, it's, it's fine cigars, it's the best wine, it's the travel, it's, it's the good life. And so, but you, you get what I'm saying. I can go on and on, but you get what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we all have a theory of happiness. If I could just achieve this, and I'm talking apart from what Jesus has taught us right? But we have a default. And you know what I'm saying? You go back to it. You kind of find yourself going back to it. We have this default. If I could just get this, then I would be happy. And what Solomon is saying, let's go back to the verse. If Solomon's, what Solomon is saying is in verse 15, she is more precious than rubies and nothing you desire can compare with her. So he says, for those who have eyes to see, who can truly see the truth about life, you understand that there is nothing more valuable than wisdom. And the reason is, is if we're going to see, is that wisdom unlocks the door to the path of life. That, that, that wisdom kind of gives you the perspective on life so you know how to pursue things the right time, the right way, the right order, so you can really make the most out of life. And that's what he says as he goes on. He's going to tell us now why wisdom is so important. He's going to say, let me, let me explain some of the benefits. And he's not going to lay them all out, but he'll give us some examples. Long life is in her right hand. Most people want to live long, and he says wisdom will lead you in the path of a long life. Uh, 
uh, it says, in her left hand are riches and honor. Most of us would want to be financially secure. We would want to live a life that's honor, that's successful. Wisdom will lead you there. Uh, and, and then he says, all her ways are pleasant ways. In the, in the Hebrew, uh, you could translate delightful ways, and her paths are peace. So he's not laying out all the benefits, but basically what he's going to argue is wisdom is the key that unlocks the door to life. So catch this. A lot of these other things that we pursue in life, it's not that they're bad things, but I've said this before, and, and I, I don't want to drill it home, is that a good thing that we make the best thing becomes a bad thing, a, and it will always betray us. It doesn't matter what the thing is. A good thing that you make the best thing will always become a bad thing, and it will betray your trust. It will not lead you to the path of life. So his point is, seek wisdom, and wisdom will teach you how to seek everything else in, in the right way, in a way that truly enriches your life and doesn't destroy your life. And so then he goes on, and he says in verse 18, she is a tree of life. Now catch that. Throughout Proverbs, we've talked about this. There's the path of life. There's the path of death. He says wisdom is, will lead you to the tree of life. And, of course, he's using an analogy from the Garden of Eden, right? In the Garden of Eden, you've got, you've got the tree of life. You've got the tree that leads to death, two paths. And he says a wisdom will lead you to the, to the tree of life, the path of life. And, and those who lay hold of her will be blessed. They'll live the life as it's meant to be lived. And so, and so this is the, the argument that uh, Proverbs is going to throw out many times is that, that uh, kind of make it your top goal in life to become a wise person because wisdom is the key that unlocks the door to the path of life. Now, let's look at the second passage. The second passage comes in chapter 4. <coughs> and and in, in chapter 4, uh, what we've got is a father instructing a son. And if you were to look at the first nine chapters of Proverbs, you'd see there's, there's two major formats that teaching takes place. There's this ideal father instructing his son on the path of life. And then there's this lady wisdom who instructs uh, these young men in the path to life. We'll see an example of both. But so here we have this father instructing his son. And he says in verse 5 to his son, he says, Get wisdom and get understanding. Do not forget my words or swerve from them. Do not forsake wisdom. She will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. Now here we go. Wisdom is what? Wisdom is what? supreme. It, it's top priority. He says, son, as you go through your life, uh, there, there's a lot of things you could pursue in your life, but there's nothing more important than pursuing wisdom. Make it your top goal in life, your top priority in life. Uh, and he says, because uh, therefore get wisdom, and though it costs you all you have, whatever the price, whatever it takes, get understanding. Skip down to verse 13. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your your life. You see that? So, so we saw it. It's a tree of life. Get wisdom. It is your life. Now let's go on to chapter 8. And again, I'm just kind of looking at some uh, again, example passages from Proverbs on the priority of wisdom. And so let's look at verse 10. Now this time, uh, Lady Wisdom is speaking. And Lady Wisdom in Proverbs is sort of a personification of God's wisdom. And, and so she says, choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than gold. So there we have that comparison again. Um, let, for wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. So once again, we have this statement that whatever you're looking for in life, this is more important. Now skip down to the end of the chapter, verse 32. Now then, my sons... This is Lady Wisdom still speaking. Now that my sons listen to me, blessed are those who keep my ways. So again, blessed, the, the good life. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not ignore it. Blessed is the man who listens to me watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. So there's a picture of Lady Wisdom who lives in this fine mansion. And so now these sons, these young men are coming to her house every morning and they're just kind of waiting for her to come out and, and to teach them about life. She said, blessed is the man who waits daily at my door. It's kind of a hunger and a thirst to learn about life and how life works. And then she says in verse 35, whoever finds me finds what? Life. There it is again. Whoever finds me, path to life, path to death. Whoever, whoever finds me finds life and, who, and receives favor from the Lord. But whoever fails to find me harms himself. And all who hate me love what? Yeah. 
death, okay, two paths in life. And so, so over and over again, Proverbs says, hey, hey, there, there's the, your, your number one goal in life is, is to seek wisdom. And of course, remember what we learned uh, week one is that the, in, in chapter one and verse seven, remember the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. Remember that? And so, so when we're seeking wisdom, kind of the first step is, is to come into right relationship with God, where God is God and we are not, and we're under his leadership. We love, trust, and follow him. And so he says, make that your goal in life, to seek wisdom, because out of that flow all the rest of life's blessings in the right way. And so, so make that your number one goal, because wisdom is the key that unlocks the door to the path of life. Are you with me? You following, following that? Okay. So, and now, so, so it raises the question then, so, so if you're convinced at this point, or at least open to this, that, that seeking wisdom should be our top priority, the next question is, well then, how do we become a wise person, right? Is that really possible? Is it really possible for us to grow in wisdom? And so for that, we need to go to chapter two of Proverbs. And this will be our last passage. And there in your note sheet, you have a section that's called the path to wisdom. And so let's talk about that, Proverbs 2. And here again, the father is speaking to his son. <clears throat> and he says, my son, um, if, you, uh, if you accept my words. Now notice this is going to be one long sentence. From verse 1 to verse 5 is one long sentence. And it's, it's an if-then sentence. What we call a conditional sentence. If you fulfill the conditions, then you get the results. Okay, it's a long, it's a if then. And so he's gonna lay out here's the conditions that we have to fulfill in order to become a wise person. So he says, if you accept my words and you store up my commands. And so I always picture this like a squirrel, kind of, squ- uh, kind of uh, storing up, going out, finding the commands of God, the wisdom of God, kind of storing it up for the winter. So if, if you accept my words, you store up my commands, and you turn your ear to wisdom and, and apply your heart to understanding. And so you're really paying attention. And if you call out for insight and you cry aloud for understanding. And so it's kind of picture you're going through the streets of the city and you're, you're really looking for wisdom as if maybe it's a child that you've lost and you're worried about. And you're going out through the streets of the city and you're just calling out, uh, uh, trying to find wisdom. And then in verse 4, if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure. And so we've already talked about this, how wisdom is better than silver and gold. And so, but if you search for it in the way that you would search for that, it's got an intensity to it. He says, then here comes the then. So we've had the four verses of if, conditions. Now we come to the then, uh, the, the, the reward. Then you'll understand the fear of the Lord. And remember what we learned, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, first step. So what he's saying is if you seek for wisdom in this way, then you will find it. First step being kind of coming into right relationship with God, letting him be your teacher in life, and you'll find the knowledge of God. And he says, for the Lord gives wisdom. He's the ultimate source of all wisdom. And from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. And so in these four passages that we have laid out, here's the priority of wisdom. Make it your top priority in life. It will lead you in the path of life. Uh, And then he says, and here is the path to wisdom. The path is you're going to need to seek it, but you can seek it confidently because God really wants to give it to you. If you seek it in the right way, you will get it. So here's what I want to do. In the time that we have, I want to do a couple things. I want to take this teaching we've gone over and break it down into a couple key principles about wisdom and the path to wisdom. And then I want to come back and do some evaluation in our own life. It's like, like how are we doing in this pursuit of wisdom? And so there in your note sheet, you have a section called the pursuit of wisdom, two important principles. Let's just kind of jump in, throw them out, uh, and then we'll, we'll work off of them. So number one, the first one's fairly obvious but incredibly profound. And here's what Solomon's telling us is that wisdom is there if you want it. Wisdom is there, like, is there if you want it. So let me ask you a question. And it's sort of a no-brainer question. This would be a good one to raise your uh, hand on. Otherwise, you're going to look bad. But, but how many of you want to be a wise person? Right? Okay, good. Even if, you, if like, you're like, I don't know. I'm not really sure. Just raise your hand. You know, it's uh, just like, like the person next to you like, what's wrong? Oh, man, it's like an idiot here. Uh, anyway, so, so uh, yeah, well, the first thing that Solomon wants us to get is that if you want to be wise, you can be. Now, I, I want you to let that sink in because this is very different than what we often think. 
I think when it comes to wisdom, we often think of it as a finite commodity. You're kind of born with a certain amount, and that's what you get, right? And on a scale of 1 to 10, there's some 10s, there's some 1s, there's some in between. When you're born, you're given a certain amount of wisdom in your DNA, and that it's like much like your physical strength or much like your uh, IQ, it's pretty much set. And you can develop it to the degree that you have it, but, but you see like these incredible muscle, you know, bodybuilders. It's like it wouldn't really matter how much most of us worked out. We would never look like that, right? Because we just don't have that capacity in our DNA. It doesn't matter how much you study, you're not going to increase your IQ. There's certain kind of finite capacities. And, and I think often we look at wisdom like that. Like some people are born with it, some people aren't. You should do the best with what you have, yes, but, but it's a finite capacity. That's what you get. You, you have what you, or, or some of us think, you know what, I would like to be a wise person, but I think you need to be born into a certain kind of family, you need to be raised a certain way, maybe a certain kind of education, a certain life, and without that, you can't really be wise, you, you're limited. And what Solomon's saying is no. He's saying wisdom is a choice. You can choose to be wise, or you can choose to be stupid, right? But, but it, it's a choice. And what I want you to catch is, is that, uh, that, that this is the assumption that Solomon is making in all of his teaching about wisdom. It's an assumption that we often miss. But for example, there in your note sheet, I put one of the verses we already looked at in Proverbs 4. He says to his son, wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. Now what's he assuming? He's assuming that it's there to be gotten, right? That you don't, you don't tell your son, go get it if you know it's impossible to get and he says, though it costs you everything you have, uh, get understanding. So he says, it's possible. It may cost you a lot, but whatever it takes, get it because it's worth it. You look at the next verse from Lady Wisdom. This is one we looked at. She says, choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold. She says it, it's a choice. If you want to be wise, you can be. Now the question is, why would Solomon say this? Why would he be so absolutely confident of this? Well, first of all, there's a couple reasons. Uh, the reason ultimately is that because wisdom comes from God. He is the ultimate source and he is willing to give it to you. So wisdom is not a finite commodity. Like, like you are who you are today, but who you are 20 or 30 years from now is up to you. Right, that, that you, you, there's some of you sitting here thinking, I got, like who I am is who I'm going to be. No, it, that you will be the same person if you choose to be the same person. But if you're willing to pay the price, you're willing to set the right priorities, you will become a different person. You see, and, and how can he be confident? Because he says God is the source of wisdom and he's willing to give it to you. You, you can become a different person. You don't have to be the person that you are today. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter how many dumb decisions you've made. It doesn't matter how many wrong paths. If you want to be smart in life, you can be. And the reason is not because of you, but because of God. Because he is willing to give you that wisdom. And of course, Solomon knew this firsthand, didn't he? Because remember how he started this series? At the beginning of his reign, God comes to him and says, what would you like more than anything else? He makes the right choice. He chooses wisdom. And God says, okay, I will make you wise. And so Solomon went through this transformation. He knew what he was like before that prayer. He knew what he was like after that prayer. He knew it wasn't him. He knew God is the source. And so what does he say here in 2.6? Look at 2.6. Look at for the Lord, and, and by the way, remember when we're in the Old Testament, since we're going to be in the Old Testament next couple of series, I want to keep pointing this out. Whenever it says LORD in all caps, remember that means what? Yeah, what, so let's say it again. What's it mean? Yahweh. Yahweh. Yeah, in the Hebrew it doesn't say LORD. In the Hebrew it says Yahweh, which is the personal name of God that he revealed himself to the nation of Israel as their covenant God. And so he says, so we so hear it, for, for Yahweh gives wisdom and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. And so, so if you want it, you can have it. Okay, so it's a choice. Wisdom is a choice. Uh, number two, here's the condition though. Uh, and I want you to catch this. We don't get wise by osmosis. Okay, Hot tip, 
probably are not going to get wise watching four hours of sitcoms every night, right? Like, like that's not the way we, we become wise. That, that, that wisdom is available. It's there. But here's the principle. If you want it, you have to seek it. Can I tell you something? This passage is, uh, in uh, Proverbs chapter 2, is one of the most important passages in my life. When I was about 16 or 17, uh, it was the first time this, this passage just gripped me. And uh, I was going through a time of spiritual, and I really, so I, I want to become a wise person. I mean, I want to figure this thing out. I want to live life to the full. I want to experience all that God has. I, I want to know how to live life. And I'm afraid that I, I'm not smart enough to figure this out. And so as I'm, I'm in that zone, I come across this passage that says, if you want it, you can have it. And I tell you, it powerfully impacted my life. I said, well, I want it. I want it. But, but I want you to catch what, what it says, if you want it, you have to seek it. And, and not just kind of casually seek it. You've got to seek it like hidden treasure, like, like gold. You have to pay the price, whatever the price. Like you have to go after it. And so this is what Solomon says in, in Proverbs chapter 2. Let's take a look at this again. In Proverbs chapter 2, he says, My son, if you accept my words. And notice there's an if there. Every week we come to church. Every week we read his word. And, and we have to decide, are we going to accept that word or not? So if we accept his words and we store up his commands, we're paying attention. And we turn our ear to wisdom and apply our heart to understanding. You know, whenever, whenever you're in a teaching context, if you ever have that privilege of being that teacher in that teaching context, you, you know there are different kinds of students, right? There are students who are turning their ear to wisdom. There are students who are paying attention. They are locked on. I, I see it here all the time in the weekend service. It's something I can just see. It's like you are locked on. Like God is working in your life and you are locked on. And, and you're, you're leaning forward and you're paying attention and, and God's speaking to you. And, and so in, when you're in a teaching context, you can see this. Some people are locked on. And, and then there's other people in your teaching context that they're texting on their phone, right? They're, they're kind of playing, uh, you know, the, the bird game, Angry Bird. You know, they're, they're, they're like, you know, kind of listening with one ear. And every once in a while, there's like, oh, there's something interesting, you know, taught that. He's like, that's not what I'm talking about. He says, I'm talking about being locked up. Right? So, he says, so, so if you're turning your ears to, to, to wis- wisdom, you apply your heart to, to understand, kind of missile lock, you know, we're locked on. Uh, and, and if you call out for insight and you cry aloud for understanding. Some of you have lost kids before at the county fair or the mall, and you, you know the panic that you, you experience. So you're, just, you're going through, you don't even care what people think. You normally, you're like, like, a, you're like a rational human being. But, but like now you're just going through the mall, woo! You know, and you're, just, you're kind of like, Johnny, or whatever. You know, you're just like, you are, you are going out for it. And he says, if you're calling out for it in that way. And he said, if you look for it as for silver, you search for it as for hidden treasure. We've all read the stories of the search of El Dorado or, or uh, the, the, the 49er gold miners coming out here, selling everything, uh, risking, you know, going up to Alaska to, to find whatever, this sort of that kind of intensity. And he says, if you do that, he says, then, now, now verse 5, underline that word then. That's to me the most important word in this whole thing. Then, at that point, when you search for it at that point, way. And, and let me throw it out there. There is, there is a, a sense in which that, that as you study the Bible, that, that what you realize is that God only responds to us when we're hungry. Right? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Right? Uh, who else gets filled? Well, no one. Uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Uh, you, you see this um, you see this in the Old Testament several times. It'll say this. You'll recognize this. Uh, you will search for me and find me when you search for me with what? All your heart. Say it again. Search for me with what? All your heart, right? Uh, there's a sense in which God waits until we're, we're ready. Uh, in the New Testament, I could give you so many examples of this, but, but one I thought of was in Philippians 3 where Paul is talking about his approach to his walk with Jesus. And there in your note sheet, he compares it to a race. He says, but this one thing I do, catch that, one thing I do, this is my top priority. You remember city slickers? This one thing, okay, this one thing, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. 
Okay, he's comparing it to a race. He's running a race, and he wants to win, and he's straining for that finish line. And, and you know, often in Christian circles, we, we miss this. We think that because we're saved by grace that we grow by laziness, right? Okay, okay, grace is not opposed to effort. Grace is not the opposite of effort. Grace is the opposite of earning. Okay? The opposite of grace is earning. We, we don't earn anything. But here's the thing. When a man or woman comes to Jesus and we're saved through the death and the resurrection of Jesus, not by our performance at all, the Holy Spirit comes into our life and begins to transform us. And he begins to put his new desires in us. And as we follow the leading of the Spirit, as we submit, he changes our heart and he gives us new desires. And then he expects us to pursue those desires. And as we pursue those desires, we grow. You see? And so Paul can say things like, I, man, I've worked harder than, than, than all of the rest of the apostles. It's not me, but it's the grace of God in me. He said, I, I, I'm working, I'm straining with all the energy with which he energizes me. He can, he can say it. And so, so the Christian life is not sitting one back on the couch waiting for something to happen. It's responding to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And as we do, he creates increasing desire. And now, we, now we're walking after him. Now we're jogging after him. And as we mature, we are flat out running after him. But it's not with our energy. It's with the energy that he's transforming us. Does that make sense? And, and so what, what Solomon's teaching us, and this is very important, is that the spiritual life is really no different than the rest of life. That, that like in the rest of life, like if you're an athlete and you want to get good as an athlete, you work at it, don't you? And, and if you're a musician and you, you want to really excel, you don't wait till your recital to pull out the music. Now, what's that music? Like you're going to practice, right? If you're in your business career and you, and you think you're going to advance in your career just by putting in your time, usually you're, you're missing it. You're going to have to focus. You're going to have to work at it. And so he says, wisdom is the same way. If you want to become a wise person, you're going to have to work at it. Now, not on your own, through the leading of the Spirit, as he finds, but, but you're going to have to pursue it if you want to become a wise person. There in your note sheet, great quote by uh, Larry Grab. Uh, Larry Grab. Oh man, that's even worse. Crab's bad enough. But um, anyway, uh, Larry Crab, who's a famous uh, uh, Christian counselor, uh, which I always think like that's just a bad name for a counselor. But anyway, um, he said uh, it's like Crab and Associates. I don't know, but anyway. Um, my, my wife used to work, she's a nurse, she used to work with these two doctors, they, they were, worked together, it's called Butcher and Repair, Dr. Butcher and Repair. And it's like, you're, you're like you know, man, you need to change your name, you know, do the Ron Artest thing, just change it, Metal World Peace or whatever. Um, so, so anyway, uh, but here's his quote, he, he says, it starts off, startling statement, we find God to the degree we want to find him. Now stop and think about that one. We find God to the degree we want to find until our passion for finding God exceeds all other passions and until we long to know him as our Lord and our friend more than to use him to get what we want. The way a spoiled child uses a rich father. We will not find him as deeply as, as he longs to be found. Catch this, God wants to let us find him. God delights to be discovered. He's not playing hard to get. There's something about the way we are and who he is makes it necessary for us to want him more than you want anything or anyone else before we can find him. And I'll tell you why I believe this is. is because it's true. And the reason is, is because if God gives us wisdom before we're ready to use it, it will actually damage us. Like, like we've often talked here about the dimmer switch principle, that when God shows you the truth and you do not respond to it, the light goes out on you. And so for God to give us wisdom before we're ready to act on it, it actually hurts us. And so he's not going to cast his pearls before swine. He's going to wait until we're serious and we're ready to act. Like, like for some of you, you need financial wisdom. And, and God's not going to give you financial wisdom until, until you're ready to act on it. Right? Because, because why? Because, because now you think you know. And it's like, well, I'm not going to take Financial Peace University when that comes around because I know all that stuff. Yeah, but your life is still a mess. You see? And so wisdom can, you know, you've all met people that, oh, I've been to this school, or I've been to counseling court. You know, life's a mess, but we have all the answers. 
And so we think that we're wise because we know the answers. And God said, I'm going to withhold the answers until you're ready to use them. And then he goes on and quotes Jeremiah 29. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you. And so Solomon says uh, that, that wisdom is available. It's there if you want it. Uh, it's a choice. But, but you have to seek it and you have to be serious about it. There's got to be intensity about this if you want to grow wise, you know, that, to experience kind of the path to life. So, so let's talk about this. The next section on the back of your note sheet, I want to get real practical. I just want to ask you a couple questions for some self-evaluation. And, and, and the whole goal of this is not to make you feel bad. Uh, we're all at different stages of our walk. Like there's some of you here uh, that, are, that are really, you're, you're, you're really sort of in the dark. You're just starting this spiritual journey with Jesus. And the path of the righteous is like the, the light of dawn. It starts dark. And, then, and you're just like, man, I think there's a light in that direction. Not real clear, but I'm just kind of starting. And so your steps are going to be very different than others of this room who've been walking the path of life for a long time. And so our, our next step's going to be different than yours. But I want to ask some steps uh, to, to help us do some evaluation of, of how hard are you pursuing wisdom in your life. And so here we go. Number one, uh, the first question is a question I started the day with. What's your top priority? You've had some time to think about it. You'll probably need some more time this week, but push comes to shove. What is your top priority in life? What's your deepest passion? What's your highest priority? And what Solomon says, if it's anything other than pursuing wisdom, which is first step, fear of the Lord, submitting, coming under his leadership, and letting him direct you in your life, if it's anything other than you are not on the path to life, you are on the path to death. And a good thing becomes a bad thing when we make it the best thing. And, and whatever that other thing is, it's going to betray you. And so, so if what your deepest thing is I, I possessions, if your deepest thing is no people, if your deepest thing is some pursuit, if your deepest thing is some pleasure, that these things will lead you in the path to death. They will not lead you in the path to life. So, so the first question and the most important, what is your top priority? What defines you? Who are you as a person? As you stand before God, as God knows you, as you will stand at the end of your days, and you stand one-on-one -on -one in God, and he looks in your heart, what is your driving passion of your life, what's most important to you, that will determine whether you become a wise person or not, okay? and whether you experience life. Okay? And number two, the second question, we'll spend a little longer on this, is how passionate is your pursuit? You know, my guess is, we've talked about this, we, we all want to be wise people, it beats the alternative. And, and, and so, and I'm guessing that all of us here, to some degree or another, we are pursuing wisdom in our life. In fact, the very fact that you're here today shows me that, that for most of you, it's like the reason you come is because one of the reasons is because we're going to open God's word. We're going to pursue wisdom. We're going to pursue the path. That's why you're here. And so, so all of us, or at least most of us in this room, to one degree or another, we are at times at least pursuing wisdom. But the question I have is how passionate are you about your pursuit of wisdom? Because we've seen today, unless wisdom is a top priority, we are aren't going to grow in becoming a wise person. I, I love the way that Solomon puts it there in Proverbs 8. We looked at this passage already where Lady Wisdom says, blessed is the man who listens to me watching, what's the next word? watching daily at my doors. Do you sense the intensity of that? There's a hunger and there's a thirst. We're going through life and we're, we're every day. God, what do you have for me today? What do you want to teach me today? God, what, what do you want me to learn? What, why am I going through this situation? I, I want to learn how life works. Would you, would you mentor me, God? There's a sense of watching daily. There's an intensity. And so let me, let me break this down. Let me ask you some other questions in just to help you evaluate how you are doing in this pursuit. And of course, I could ask you a million questions. I've just got four of them, and, and they'll apply to different people different ways because, we're, like I said, we're all at different spots on the journey. So some of these, you're going to go, yeah, I've got that one wired. Great. Wait till the next question, right? So, so here we go. Uh, number one, uh, the first question, and it may seem a little odd to you, but, but you're going to see it's, it's really quite profound, is, is how often do you come to church? The first question, how often do you come to church? Now, some of you are saying, like, what, what, what does that really have to do with anything? Well, when you stop and think about it, that when we come to our weekend services, there's two things that happen here more than anything else. I realize you say hi to your friends and all that kind of thing. But there's two primary reasons we come together. We come together to experience God in worship, right? And we come to experience God in his word. 
And so what we're doing is we come together is, I don't know if you've ever thought of it in these terms, but we are pursuing wisdom together. That, that's what we're doing, that we are pursuing the path to life. Every week we come and break out the word and say, what is the truth about life so I know how to live life in, in a way that I can path to life? That's what we're doing. Now, for, so, so there's some of you who get that, and so long ago, uh, maybe it was in college, maybe it was a year ago, maybe it was three weeks ago, but long ago, you made the decision that, that church was going to be part of your life, not because you get brownie points, not to be religious, but because you're pursuing God and you're pursuing wisdom. And so, so what happens is when it gets to the weekend service, you don't turn to your spouse if you're married and say, hey, what do you want to do this week? I'm just going to go to church. Yeah, that sounds good. You, you don't, it's like you just, you and your family or whatever, if you're single, you just know you go to church. That's what you do, right? It's part of your lifestyle because you've learned that it's part of this pursuit to wisdom and that there's a connection between your growth and, and wisdom, right? There, and, and, and between going to church. And so you get that. But there's others of you here that, that that's not your story. That your story is that uh, you go to church when it kind of fits. You know, like, like if you wake up and feel like it, you go. Uh, if it's a bad beach day, you go. Of course, all those people are gone today. But uh, uh, maybe they'll hear the podcast. Uh, 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 yeah, and if you're listening to the podcast, this one's for you. Uh, um, but uh, maybe it's like, you know, hey, it's a busy week. Or, or you know, it's like, oh, I'm kind of down. I need some inspiration. I always feel better when I go to church. Now, the catch is, this is not a put down. This is you here. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. What I'm trying to do is just help you understand that that whole approach to life is not going to make you wise. Right? Like, you're not really pursuing wisdom. Yeah, so so for, for some of us here, that's the very first step on the road to wisdom for you. It's just like, I'm just going to make this a priority in my life. You know, unless I'm sick, I'm out of town, I'm on vacation, well, I'm going to be at, at church. And, and it's a very profound step that you take. Okay? Number two, the second, the second step, and some of you are going, okay, here's, here's number two. And some of you will have this down too. Uh, but it's the next step, I think. Uh, are you part of some small group where you're pursuing wisdom together? Now, it doesn't have to be one of our life groups here. This is not an advertisement for life groups. It tells you why we do life groups, but it's not an advertisement. You may say, I am in a group like that. I, I'm in a group, we're in a group of four couples or uh, four other guys, and we get together every week and we break out the word and we share what we're learning and we pray together and we're pursuing wisdom, and that's awesome. Uh, uh, and, and so it doesn't have to be one of our groups. But, but here's the thing, what we're gonna learn in Proverbs is that if you wanna be wise, hang out with wise people. Okay, that's one of the lessons, okay? And, and so uh, if you want to grow, hang out with growing people. Make, make it a high priority in your life. And so Proverbs will say things like, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Uh, Proverbs will say things like, he who walks with the wise will become wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. We become like the people we hang with. And so, so are you intentionally have a small community that you're pursuing wisdom with together? And, and so for some of you, that'll be your next step. And if you don't have a group like that, when the fall comes, you join a life group and, and, and you begin pursuing that together. Here's a third question. A third question is, and this will hit more of us, is are you spending time with God alone on a regular basis? Now, now often we think of a question like this as like it's some, kind, of one of the, kind of the Christian rules you need to do. It's not about that. It's, it's really about pursuing wisdom. Be, because who is the ultimate source of wisdom in our life? Yeah, God. Good, three of you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the right answer was God. Uh -huh. Some of you said, my mother. No, no, it's not your mother. Right, right. And your husband's going, it's not your mother. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> uh, God is the ultimate source. That's what we've learned today, right? And so if you want to get smart, you need to hang out with the smartest guy, right? And, and so th there's something profound that happens when we spend time with God on a regular basis, uh, uh, spending time huddled around his word, and then processing our life with him. Man, I'm constantly doing this. Is, is when I'm spending time with God, God, well, wisdom for this, I need leadership wisdom for that. I need wisdom of my family here. I think I'm dropping the ball here. Would you help me with here? It's like, like this is one of the things we do when we spend time with God is we process our life and we ask for his perspective. 
Right? And that's where he gives it. And we're reading his word and so on. And so for some of you, that's a next step. And the reality is we're spending way too much time in front of TV or video games or hobbies or whatever the thing is. And we're not spending any time with the wisest person in the universe. And so we're saying, well, I don't get it. Why I'm not getting wiser? You know? Well, hey, hang out with the wisest person. See what happens. He walks with the wise, gets wise. A God would be a great place to start. And so uh, this is so important, and, and I know this is a challenge. And I've been a Christian a long time, and I've seen this in the Christian community, that we often struggle with this, that oftentimes we try to do this so that we don't fail, or you're a young mom, and you're trying to figure out how do you balance all this, or you know, you've you got a two-hour commute every day, and how does that fit in? And I get all of that, but this is so important. That's why that we created our essential courses, these uh, seven, eight, 10 courses that we believe are absolutely essential for walking well with God that address those topics. The very first one we created was called Pursuing God One-on-One to help you learn how to spend time with God in a way that fits your personality and the way God has wired you so you connect with him in a meaningful way and you can grow. And we offer that from time to time here. This fall, Lord willing, we're going to be going online with that course for the very first time in a video format so you can download it to your, your iPad or watch it on your computer or whatever. And so even if you have kids, you can't make it out to a course one or another way that you'll be able to take it there. And so, uh, but, but that will be the next step for many of us. Now here's the fourth step though, fourth question. And this one's going to apply, again, it's going to be very diverse. The steps we've talked about so far are really for all of us, right? But this one, it's going to take different directions. And it goes like this. Do you have a personal growth plan for your life? And and here's what I mean by this, is that we're all at different stages of our our life, our walk with God, right? Like some of you, some of you are married. and, And your biggest challenge right now is trying to figure out marriage. You need wisdom. Uh, uh, some of you, uh, uh, some of you have kids, and you're like, "Man, I never thought it would be so hard." And I don't know, I don't know what to do when she like acts up in, in the the middle of the grocery store and throws a, a tantrum, you know? And she's 18. <laughs> um, uh, like, uh, I, I just, I, I thought I learned this like 16 years ago, and I just kind of missed that. Uh, uh, you know, s- some of you are single, and it's like, "Man, I'm trying to learn how to date as a Christ follower." I, I, I don't know, some of you are like, my, my finances are a mess, and I don't know, some of you are like, man, I was molested when I, when I, was, I was eight, and, and I've never really worked, and so we're all different, right? We all have different issues, and, and the point is, is that you're not gonna get smarter on that issue simply by, God, would you give me wisdom? Amen. Uh, <laughs> out of mouth of faith. Uh, <laughs> I hope she's not doing that when she's 18, but anyway, um, yeah, it's like often we do that. God, would you give me wisdom for my marriage? God, would you give me wisdom for my, uh, my uh, uh, dating? Would you give me wisdom for my finances? God, 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 God. But we never pursue wisdom. We, we ask for it a billion times, but then we sit on a butt and we do nothing. Right? Like how are we ever going to get wise? Right? That, that we have to pursue it. And so how do you do that? Well, there's resources uh, one of our top goals as a church is to provide you resources and environments where you can pursue wisdom. That's why we have these essential courses. That's why there's life groups on specific topics. That's why we have Celebrate Recovery on Friday nights. That's why we have a bookstore now, right? Uh, and, and, you know, and in this congregation, do you realize this? God has placed around you some wise people. You're not sure how to raise your kids, but you look at people who have done that well, and you say, man, I would love to get some time with, can I, can I tell you something? They would love to go out to dinner with you, and just say, well, here's what we've learned, here's what we've done well, here's what we haven't done well, here's what we've learned. Uh, some of you find that other people would love to sit down and talk, well, here's how we do our budget, or here's how we got uh, under control. We used to be, we used to be like $15,000 in, in debt, and, and, and here's how we got, uh, you see, there are resources. We live in a day and age. There are podcasts. There are seminars. There are books. There are CDs. There are DVDs. We are so blessed, and yet often we will sit on our couch night after night, right? I'm just kind of watching things that don't matter or, or things that are damaging us spiritually, right? Or, or, or we're wasting our time doing other things or all of our time is being spent video gaming. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, right? 
because I've got too many son-in-laws who would kill me. But uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not saying that, that, I'm not saying it's bad stuff. We, we spend so much time on our hobbies, right? So many times on our sports or whatever. And, and then when it gets down to seeking wisdom, it's the last thing on our list. And then we can't figure out, like, why is life not working out for me? You, you see what I'm saying? Solomon is telling us, if you want to be wise, it, you can be wise. It starts with asking God. But then you're going to have to listen to his Holy Spirit as he says, here's the next step for you. And as you take those next steps, guess what? You're going to grow in wisdom. And you're going to be experiencing the path of the righteous, which grows brighter and brighter until full day. Does that make sense? Amen. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. I want to spend some time in reflection on this. I want to spend some time in prayer, some time uh, in worship. We're going to ask the band to come out right now. And as they come out, I want to end by asking you a couple questions. This is two questions that we ended with. Uh, What's your top priority? I want you to think about that. And then how passionately are you pursuing wisdom? I want you to to reflect on that. And and as they sing, they're going to sing a song for us that talks about our kind of passionately pursuing God and his wisdom. As they sing, just let it kind of wash over you. Uh, Let's just spend the next five minutes just kind of taking it in, reflecting, praying, processing what we've learned. we've got some business to do, don't we? We just need to come before God and have some quiet moments. Let Let me pray, and then we'll go in this time. Father, we pray now that you would come. We ask you for the gift of wisdom. Your word says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives generously to everyone without finding fault. And so we come now and we ask for your wisdom. But we also reflect, God, we pray your spirit would speak to us and help us to discern what is our top priority, what it needs to be, uh, that we'd have that moment of surrender to what you're telling us, and, and that you would show us the next step for us and what it looks like to passionately pursue. We pray this in Christ's name, amen. Well, let me tell you what's going to happen. Uh, this first three weeks, we have intentionally laid a foundation for this whole series. So week one was on the fear of the Lord, that the first step to wisdom is really coming into right relationship with God, where he is God and we are not, and where we love and trust and follow him, don't lean to our own understanding, right? That was our first week. And then last week, Joel talked about the path of the righteous and what it looks like to walk the path of the righteous. Again, big picture. Today, we've talked about the priority of wisdom, why it's the key that unlocks the door to life, and how to pursue it in our life. And so intentionally, we've laid out this series. The first three are foundational messages. But from this point on, the next 10 weeks now, as we go through this series, we're going to begin to focus on specific areas of life that Proverbs talks about. Here is the path of life in these areas. So each and every week, we'll be on a different area. And I would just encourage you to be with us and to pursue wisdom together. And so next week, first week up, is the topic of pride and humility. And what we're going to see is that one of the marks of the wise person is humility. We're going to see what it is and what it isn't, because we often have false ideas about what that is. But the, the, how the path of humility leads to life, how the path of pride leads to death, and what those two paths look like. And so I hope you can join us. But until then, may the Lord be with you. May you pre- pursue wisdom passionately this week as you have a great week. God bless. Well, that's going to do it for this week's message. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have putting it together. Please visit us at rockypeak.org where you can download more messages or have your questions answered. Remember, you can subscribe to our weekly podcast for free by searching for The Church at Rocky Peak from within the music store in your iTunes software. For Lead Pastor Mike Yearly and everybody up here at The Peak, thanks for listening.